Music is our lives. Music is our lives. Music is our lives. That was the biggest pause. That was a big pause. That's the biggest pause I've ever heard in my life. It's the time of the week. When we pretend to know about music, it's that time of the week when we pretend to know. His name's Tom, my name's Jasper, welcome to the show. Music is alive. Hello, hello, hello. And furthermore, hi there, welcome back to... Music is our lives, etc., etc. Hello, uh, it, it's it's one half of your co-hosts for the podcast. Music is our lives. Hello, uh, it's it's Tom Wiles, everyone. Hello, my pronouns are he/him. Uh, I've got long hair. I'm the long hair one, uh, and I'm joined as always by a, a wonderful man who I never let introduce himself. So this time you can do it. Um. Oh gosh, I don't really know what to do. <laughs> Don't really know how this works if if I'm not being introduced. Uh, okay. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, my name's Tom Wiles, and no, ha- no. no, oh god, no. That's that's you. Oh gosh, what what is my name? Oh, I know. Okay. <clears throat> hello, everyone. My name is uh, Jasper Price. My pronouns are he, him, and I have not that long hair, but it's probably still kind of long for a boy, I guess. No. Do you think? Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I'm. I can't wait until the hairdressers reopen because it is getting a bit unkept up there. Every time that we've got into a lockdown, I swear to Christ, every single time you've mentioned, "Oh, I can't wait for the hairdressers to be open." Can't wait to not have my foppish. That is the hair. only thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Oh, you'll be able to see me again. Oh. Anyway, the structure of the show. <laughs> Um, yeah. well, the structure of the show then, I guess, um, we are going to be talking about some albums that we enjoyed quite a lot this week. Uh, let's go. I'm going to be talking about an album that's come out within the last 10 years. It's not able to get a driver's license just yet. So it's riding around in one of those, you know, those, um, those little, uh, the, the plastic cars, the, the yellow yes. and red ones. Yeah, it rides around in that, and it's all like it rides around. An album I don't have hands. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the album I'm going to be talking about. Jasper, what kind of album are you going to be talking about? Tell them now, quick. Okay, well, I'm talking about like an old man withers of an album. It's a, it's kind of old, (laughs) but it. (laughs) Old man withers. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of old man withers. But actually, mine this week is actually not that old. It's only ten years old, so. I feel like it's it's kind of like it's 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 maybe a teenager. It's maybe just got its driver's license, oh, no. but has crashed into a field. Ooh, do you have a driver's license? No, I already know the answer is no. You are near London. No, you do not. It's correct. I have my passport. That's my ID. Oh, you don't even have provisional. What nah, don't need it, mate. Don't need it. <laughs> I um, it's a thing in Cornwall, more or less. It's like a rite of passage that as soon as you turn seventeen, you start getting lessons. Um, yeah, of course, of course. 
Yeah, because you know, um, Cornish transport is famous for being non-existent. Just, yeah, just non-existent. Again, and I cannot stress this enough. We've just about managed to get the wheel. Just invented the wheel. Wow! Us, please, it's good stuff. Automobiles are hard, and um, yeah, no, I've never had driving lessons. Is where I was trying to go with that anecdote. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Behind a wheel, I'll die. I'll die. Can you even? Be, I'll just can you even? Can you even call yourself Cornish in that sense, then? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself Cornish in any sense, Jasper. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Hyper today, um, man. <laughs> so I, um, I've had a coffee. The coffee. Um, the coffee. Yeah. So I'm going to divulge the time again, as we did uh, last week. Um, it is quite early, and I have had a coffee, and it is beginning to seep through my veins slightly. So I might be, mm. you know, I might be speaking a little bit quicker than previous, which is weird because I speak pretty quick anyway. I think. Yeah. So when you're listening to this, put it on like half time speed. <laughs> yeah, one quarter time speed, and yes, you'll just please. about be able to get it. <laughs> Shall we, Jasper Price, get started with my new album of the week? I suppose we should, Tom. Okay. Well, I quite like. Drum roll, please. Yeah, I love the drum. I love drums that woo. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Makes me happy. Uh, okay, so album we're going to be talking about this time. Finally, I'm going to be reviewing an album from 2021. Finally, guys, come on. This year. I know. We're three months into it now. Come on, pick up the pace. Here we go. So. I will be talking about Arlo Parks collapsed in oh, yeah. sunbeams. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. I mentioned this a few weeks ago on the first episode, uh, just one of the singles that came out. It's time to talk about the whole thing, baby. This is already one of the nicest records I have heard all year. Yes, today we are talking about the British singer-songwriter Arlo Parks and her debut album Collapsed in Sunbeams, released on the 29th of January 2021, baby. Yeah. So again, you're you're you understand London a bit more than I do, right? Yeah, yeah, big time. I have been now. I've been. I I got a couple of times before. <laughs> I know. A couple of times I know. before. Yeah. I uh, I once. Uh, first time I ever went to London. Yeah, uh, it was to go and see Ed Sheeran. Um, Tom. Tom. Yeah. However, although 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 um, it was at Wembley Stadium, and I didn't even pay for the tickets. Like I, ah, I, I, okay. I paid for um the nine-hour coach there, but that was it. Okay, not bad, not bad. It was it was pretty good. Um, yeah, kidding. Um, so as you are knowledgeable of London, London, yeah, right? mm. West London is that a is that is that good? Does that pass the Jasper Price test? What? What do you mean? <laughs> Do you like West London, yes or no? Do I like West London? Yes, I do like West London, yeah. Ah, do you like Hammersmith, West London? Uh, yeah, I think I've been there once. It's, it's a nice place. Hey. Well, you better, because that's exactly where Arlo hails from. She is from Hammersmith, West London, and is the grand old age of 20 years old. Jesus. Wow. So I'm just going to sit here in silence. Yeah. This bit edited while we God. just kind of sit. Um, 20 
Oh, I'm, I'm 20. Are you 20? No, I'm 20. not 20. Yeah. I'm 19. God. Well, I'm 20. And that's a, that's a, that's a horrible, horrible thing to feel. Remember the first time, because it's strange um, when, because I remember um, being baffled when uh, I first found out that Lord, you know, you know, Lord, great, brilliant, yeah. um, was younger than my oldest sister. And I was like, what? What? It's what? amazing. What? I amazing. know. I, oh, God. One day, one day we will talk about pure heroin, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Mm. Unless you are. <gasps> no. Um, and I remember the first... <laughs> Would you like to guess who the first artist I found out I was older than and how it made me feel? Oh, gosh. The, uh, the year old. Recent? What, yeah. so, solo artist? Yeah, yeah, solo artist. Last, uh, I think, two years ago. Are you, are you older than Taylor Swift? Oh. Oh. That'd be crazy. Dated John Mayer. I've not dated John Mayer. Oh. You dated John Mayer, was that? No. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Or someone else. Uh, okay. can't remember. Who was it? It was. Um, it was Lil Pump. Lil Pump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lil Goddamn. Pump. Guess that. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I just, Brilliant. Because I remember in um, you know, in the song that we all know and fucking love, um, Gucci Gang. And he says the uh, the famous lines. I'm pretty sure he quoted, uh, you know, like Mother Teresa on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I can't remember what the whole thing is. Spend new racks on a gold chain. My B word, love to cocaine. B word mm. there stands for bionicle. Um. So he's like a good five months younger than me, and his, Whoa. you know. A Harvard dropout, wow. allegedly, but I don't like it. So, with I that mean, long metaphor thing established. Yeah. Yes. I, sorry, I was just yeah. going to say there's there's more successful people who are younger than you than Lil Pump. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I always yeah. I always think of the boys from Black Midi. You know, they are uh, they're only like what nineteen twenty. Don't you don't piss me off. They're not no. they're not that old, are they? They really are. Actually, they really are. Actually, yeah. oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah. <laughs> well, so well, one of those people that just so happens to be older than me, well, not younger even, is Arlo Parks. Uh, the name Arlo Parks uh, came thanks to contemporaries such as Frank Ocean and especially King Cruel, also from the London scene. If you're a fan of King Cruel, with this established, Arlo, who states that her main two influences are the American poet and novelist Sylvia Plath, as well as Canadian singer-songwriting legend Joni Mitchell. Arlo began to upload her music to BBC Introducing in 2018, becoming recognised through this and then being picked up by Beat Nick Records, releasing her first few singles with Beat Nick Records. Most notably, the song Cola, which features Arlo's poetic and my thing has turned off. <laughs> <laughs> Shambles. Moronic. Features Arlo's poetic and creative style of writing, matching with her delicate and regional tone over lo-fi and indie-style instrumentation, being streamed over three million times on Spotify by November of 2019. 
the start of 2019, however, Arlo had signed with Transgressive Records, her current record label as of writing, and released the title track to her debut AP, Super Sad Generation, which was received positively. It was obvious to critics and listeners alike that Arlo would be one to watch out for. Following a series of, oh my god, what? <laughs> weirdly written, weirdly written. Um, <laughs> I must have been very tired doing this. Gosh. Yeah. Following a series of singles, gigs at festivals, including Glastonbury and Latitude, as well as a second EP titled Sophie, that also received praise for its creative writing, singing and instrumental construction, we move on to 2020. Um, 2020, am I right? Uh, that's that wasn't a good that wasn't a good one. No. Do you know what film I watched the other day? Oh my god, Jasper, I don't think I've had this gripe with you yet. Jesus Christ. Uh, what was it? So, um, have you heard of have you heard of the film Songbird? Yes, I have. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it was very bad. Wow. Um, to say it's the worst film I've watched that's come out in the last year is to put. It's, it's, it's an understatement. It's damn terrible. Yeah. No. Oh my lord. Um, it sucks. Don't make COVID art. Stop it. Moving mm. mm. on. Arlo originally was set to perform her headline tour in February through March across Europe during 2020, but it was sadly postponed because of obvious reasons. Across the months, Arlo would release single after single, heading in a much more personal direction than her latter projects. We come around to October 2020, where Arlo announces that she has finished recording the album. Yeah. spoke to Enemy the same month, confirming what the album was about. Quote, a series of vignettes and intimate portraits surrounding her adolescence and the people that shaped it. It is rooted in storytelling and nostalgia. I wanted to feel both universal and hyper-specific. The album was entirely co-written and solely produced by Los Angeles-based songwriter as well as producer Gianluca Busoletti. Assorting Arlo with a wide range of influences and concepts to tackle in this debut. With that said, Arlo presents us with 12 tracks lasting 40 minutes, ranging from bedroom pop and R&B to indie pop and soul music. Whoa, here we go. Uh, 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 uh. Track for track! You all right? <laughs> just excited doing a track right. for track. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Them. Okay. Okay. okay, track for track, let's go. Okay, sure, fine. Okay, the title track's up first. We start with Collapsed in Sunbeams. Title track is a spoken word poem that informs the rest of the album. The poem is played over gentle guitar strings and some lo-fi synth shots. A signature, kind of, of Arlo's prior work is also present. The quiet sound of a record player. It's placed delicately at the bottom of the mix as Arlo's smooth, regional, London-accented voice speaks of cutting artichokes, making peace with oneself and comfort. Was the last song I put in quotes put on the record, which I find very interesting. The placement here at the beginning works to both inform us of Arlo's mindset, but is also most likely Arlo's closing thoughts of her journey to the debut album. It's an opener for us and a closer for Arlo. We begin as intimately as we can to Arlo and her perspective of the record and the journey she's about to guide us on. It takes us to the first song of the album, I suppose, Hurt. No, not Johnny Cash, you idiot. This is this is this is cooler than that, maybe. I don't know. Um, we are thrust right into the next song. But a song about being hurt and rising from that feeling of hopelessness. 
immediately. Funk-ridden drums fill the spaces accompanied by a soul-tastic bass line. I've written here, um, I think I can remember what the bass line is. I have just written the words bum, 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 bam, bam, bum. Yeah, I, I do that all the time. <laughs> you actually? <laughs> but then I forget. Then I forget what it is. <laughs> okay. Um. I think. I, so. Um. Yeah. Immediately, punk ridden drums fill the space accompanied by a soul-tastic bass line, and it goes, I believe, like this: bum, 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 bum. I like it quite a lot. We hear Arlo melodically humming as she begins to sing about this protagonist named Charlie, drinking to numb an unclarified pain. She sings the bridge, quote, Oh, wouldn't it be lovely to feel something for once? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't it be lovely to feel worth something? Huh. Also get these understated rich chords that add to what sounds like Arlo's take on Motown, honestly. A groovy and pleasant take at that. Arlo said that she wanted this song to feel triumphant and danceable, saying, quote, The idea was for the song to expose how tough things can be, but revolve around the idea of possibility for the future. There's a quote by Audre Lorde, who is a Caribbean-American poet, that I really liked. Pain will either change or end. That's what the song revolved around for me, end quote. Too good. Why'd we make the simplest things so hard? It's great. It, this opens the next track up. Too good. This melodic and catchy refrain is repeated a few times throughout the track as we really get to see Arlo's inspirations in actions. What inspirations? You Can you hear? You, you're thinking while you're sitting in your chair listening. I feel like I'm doing the, um, the Black Country Road thing again. <laughs> you sit there. Sit there in your chair, wondering which inspirations Arlo Parks has for this record. Um, <laughs> that's a callback. Well, if you're a fan of Tame Impala, Frank Ocean, and MF Doom, rest in peace, then you've got something in common with Arlo, who stated that all of these influences came into effect on this song, which also happens to be one of her favorites from the album, according to her listening party for NPR. We hear this hypnotic drumbeat, as well as nostalgic funk passages from the lead guitar, played by Arlo, of course, which is matched with cutesier sounding instruments such as keyboards and Parks' even cutesier vocal delivery. The vocal layering here is harmonic and joyful for a song about a relationship seemingly dying before it can even get off the ground. Next track, Hope. Soft piano keys, a spacious drum loop filled with cymbal shots and incredibly distant horns are what we hear from the majority of this pretty bare bones, to your pleasure or not, tracks from Arlo Parks. Especially like the gentle introductory lines of, quote, Millie tried to talk the pleasure back into being alive, reminiscing, oh my god, reminiscing about the apricots and blunts on Peckham Rye. You know, that's the regional thing again. That's something that comes up quite a lot throughout this album. I don't know if I yeah. reference a couple of times. Um, she's very, very proud of being from London, which is cool. Like, proud in a not EDL way, which is also nice. I do enjoy that quite a lot because I like uh, EDL. No, I, <laughs> I'm cutting that bit out. <laughs> hang on. Wait a minute. I, was, I literally just said it the wrong way around. Oh, no. Because I like Arlo Parks and I hate the EDL. Freud, that Freudian one. slip there. That was, yeah, that was a very Freudian slip. God mm. damn. No. Um, also, Peckham Rye, I've been. I, I've been there. Uh, it's cool. I didn't I didn't see any apricots and I didn't see any blunts, but maybe one day I will. 
wink. There's a level of catharsis to this track, seeing as the theme here is about isolation. Funnily enough, and being... Oh, God. <laughs> seeing as the theme here is about isolation, funnily enough, and being ashamed of feeling isolated even though everyone is. With that said, the chorus seems to be something of a rallying cry from Arlo to the listener when she says, you're not alone like you think you are. We all have scars. I know it's hard. You're not alone. You are not alone. It's a sweet four and a half minute reminder that pain is temporary, which takes us to Caroline, the track that I did the other day. Yeah, this is the most memorable track for me, leading it to be my favorite track. Yeah, thank you. As mentioned in my review of this track the other week, Caroline at surface level is about an argument between a couple at a bus stop. But in Arlo's word, but in Arlo's words, this track becomes a little more than that, as Arlo is witnessing a relationship with no prior context and so many questions to answer. Why is the argument happening? Where would they be after this fight, and will they be okay? For Parks, this song is a reminiscent journey about songwriting and perspective. She noted in an interview for Apple Music that this took her back to when she started writing at around about eight years old, and that when she started writing for this song, she just could not stop. I haven't noted this too much, but I really do love her descriptive writing. It's both surreal and colourful, which really lends this style of indie pop that Arlo gives us here. The third verse really shows this for me as she sings, ripped the hem of her skirt as she ran, panicking and weaving through the crowds on Oxford Street. Watched his hands dissolve, oh my god, oh my god. Watched his world dissolve in his hands, tried to roll a blem, then put his hand between his knees. Uh, fun fact, kind of. Blem is, it's a cigarette. That's what a blem is. Oh. The, I, not the noise that um, like a dog makes where it sticks its tongue out. No. Blem. <laughs> Decoy music is our lives. Tom and Jasper talk about blems. This isn't the standout moment of the single for me, however. That goes to the fantastic chorus line that Arlo has stated are a direct inspiration from a live performance from the Beatles, giving Arlo the idea for a chorus that explodes, releases something. And the release here is the protagonist screaming the lyrics, Caroline, I swear to God I tried. I swear to God I tried. The harmonies and tone of the song, especially the shimmering guitar passages after the chorus, make for an almost make for oh, make for almost the perfect song to look out the car window to and imagining yourself as the main character somewhere, someplace. Oh. Lovely. Caroline. Next up, Black Dog. Easily the most popular song from the album since its debut, receiving unanimous praise upon release. The song is written from Arlo's perspective about her best friend, trying to understand and help the mental state of her friend. The Black Dog here being the metaphor for depression in this case. Yeah. With this understood, the instrumentals here are especially gorgeous. I love the uplifting keyboards here. I've written the words bum bum bar. Don't know what that means, but just going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Moron. As well as the very bedroom pop playing style used for the guitar here. It feels so intimate and enveloping. Park's vocal delivery and lyricism here is emotionally charged. There are points where it sounds as though Arlo is about to break, but keeps straight-faced both for the track and maybe even for her friend's sake. Either way, the utterance of the line, so cruel what your mind can do for no reason, tugs at the heartstrings like nothing else really can. Nice. Up next. Look, <laughs> guys, it's a Frank Ocean-inspired track. Get it. Get it now. We have a dreamy... I've just ruined my page. Thank 
We have a dreamy, nostalgic take on pop, the heat coming off of the instrumentals here, especially the chorus with those singular guitar notes echoing around the track. The quiet yet groovy bass line that sounds kind of like a Tribe Called Quest inspired a little bit. Oh, yeah. We explore Arlo's self-discovery and acceptance both of herself and her sexuality. Stop laughing at me, boy! My mum calls me boy. Yes. Hear me. Have you been on Mandy again? What's, what's going on with you? No! Today? No! I'm just happy to be here. And also probably very tired. I can't tell. Most feels very subdued, if anything. Um, no, did, did, did you know that my mum just calls me boy? That's what I wanted oh. to tell you. Oh. That's nice. Or, or is it? I don't know. Hang on. What? <laughs> this episode is the one where Tom does Mandy, but doesn't because he's, he still hasn't done that. He probably won't. And sure. Jasper's a liar, but I've kept it in the episodes anyway because it's funny. Either way, um, I will keep this bit. Arlo stated that this song is about hard-won knowledge for her. That idea of self-focus is presented upliftingly and with a measure of comfort through the instruments, despite the sometimes hard-to-swallow lyrical confessions of Arlo. Her vulnerability here and on the latter tracks are commendable and make for some of the shining moments on this debut album. So the next track, Just go. This reminds me of some very nostalgic pop from the 2000s. Something kind of, uh, reminded me a little bit of Eliza Doolittle, if you remember her. Yeah, Mr. Medicine, kick ass. She apparently still makes music, and it's apparently very good. I will listen to it. The guitar line here especially reminds me of the Starboy era of The Weeknd, and the fascination, for good or for worse, of nostalgia usage, which in a way may turn you off from the album if it weren't for the fusion of pop with newer models of soul music, which is something that I wanted to bring up with you, actually. Um, the use of nostalgia, are you sick of it? The use of nostalgia? Yeah, so... Um, it's become very much a massive trend uh, in pop music, especially to, I mm. uh, mean, from a pessimistic view, to fall back on the, you know, like uh. the musical stylings and trappings of like the 80s, the 70s, the 90s, yes. even. Yes, that's interesting. Funnily enough, I'm actually talking about nostalgia in my in my album. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah. So yeah, but I mean, I I don't think there's anything wrong with being nostalgic. I mean. Because in, in many ways, the the popular music from the seventies, eighties was far superior to that which we have now. So, Ooh, you know, takes so hot you're gonna need um you're gonna need oven gloves. Ouch! Ow! Yeah, no, I agree. I think um especially if you know you kind of care about it as well, and you don't just go for like the base level, just being like, oh, yeah, oh. sure. Put some synths in there, get some of those yeah. drum fills over there, kind of thing. You know, like, that's another reason why I enjoyed, again, I'm talking about it again, oh my god, um, After Hours by The weekend because um, it just does, it's so in-depth with what it throws and what it appreciates. And I do, yeah, I kinda, I respect, I've got to respect that at least a little bit. You know, this kind of this track kind of reminds me of that. And again, the ideas of pop and soul music that they infuse alongside that, and obviously Arlo's yeah. grand voice and her freaking like lyrical prowess, just it works for me. It really does. I really enjoy this album, damn it. As for the song, 
I found the beats here to be both celebratory and groovy, particularly in the bass line. Trying not to dance around at least a little bit while listening to this, the guitars and keys are brilliant and make me long for summer where I will undoubtedly be listening to this song on repeat. I can call that for you now. Arlo's voice is soft and blissful as she speaks about the feelings that toxic people can have in a person's life, specifically recounting situations from her life where she was in a toxic relationship that wouldn't even strike you as a breakup song with how free Park sounds singing the chorus line why don't you just go oh, oh why don't you just go also the second verse and the harmonies she employs are velvety and sunny it's awesome and a freeing experience for both us and arlo parks assuredly mm. which takes us to four violet we hear spacey cymbal hits and the sound of a record player for probably the darkest sounding song on the record. For Violet was written in the same session as Caroline, however taking a bleaker and blanker slate than Caroline does for its storytelling. Instrumental here also sounds like something that Ghost Poet would have used, which I enjoyed quite a bit, uh... you know? Um, yeah. One thing I haven't mentioned yet and didn't even occur to me until I had a conversation with Rosa, hello there my lovely, miss you, relates to the appeal of the album for both myself, Arlo's general audience, and even a more specific audience. Uh, in the earliest conversations that me and my lovely, lovely girlfriend Rosa have had about this album, we both found the song subjects and Arlo herself to be enjoyable because of the aforementioned nostalgic feel. But for Rosa specifically, it hits a little deeper. This comes from Arlo's perspective because of both her age and her residence in London. She sings from the perspective of both herself and the people around her. The themes she explores in her song become intimately relatable. For Violet in particular, uh, you know, going back to the song, is about growing up and developing more abstract realizations about the world as a darker and more twisted place. The realization happening between Arlo and her friend. The line, it feels like nothing's changing and I can't do this, relates to many a conversation I have had with my friends about where to go from here and such and such. Rosa, on the other hand, also hails from London and understands the more regional references that Arlo brings up. Again, Peck and Rye, Blem, uh, been mates since day, that's another line, that Arlo brings up, putting her closer than I could be in terms of relating to the singer's mindset. Parks in a way is striking while the iron is hot to an audience that is growing mentally as much as she is during a time that, you know is quite traumatic I suppose it, it, it is you know it's kind of for us for example Jasper for yeah. example Jasper um, wow. you know um, this is kind of what I dub the car seat headbreast effect mm -mm. what <laughs> yeah um, so what I'm trying to get across to you is that um, it's kind of like how car seat headrest, um, how, you know, as an audience of like freshly new adults, we can like, you know, Arlo, fuck me, we can, <laughs> we can enjoy <laughs> car seat headrests material and uh, the songs that they write about because it's so much more relatable to us. Yes, the same as yes. with Arlo Parks and a more London-based audience, an audience closer to her age, because again, she's 20 years old. How is she 20? I am not doing a, th I'm, all I'm doing is messing up on a podcast. That's all I'm doing. All yeah, doing. yeah, that is all you're doing. The relatability to Arlo, her genuineness throughout the record, and her willingness to give so much of herself on this opening project make for both an impactful record and a very intimate, innocent, in some cases, and genuine record. Great. And also, thank you, Rosa, for the conversation. Love you. Okay. Uh, Eugene, the next song. Ha ha ha. The first single released for the album and another one of the most well-known songs for the record. 
song was inspired by a poem that Arlo wrote on a night bus about a straight girl in a relationship with a man named Eugene. The start of the poem goes thusly. Eugene keeps stars and split fruit between her ribs. An almost angel boy, smoking loose blems, blending, worming his way into your heart. And what a heart, so soft that sometimes it hurts to beat. The song now, I love the first verse here especially. Quote, I had a dream we kissed and it was all amethyst. The under part of your eyes were violet. You hung a cigarette between your purple lips. Her delivery is so charming on this track. I love whenever she says, hey, in the chorus, hello. Again, the youthfulness of Arlo and her effectiveness in dissecting herself for the sake of her music creates such a relationship with the listener Backed by the indie pop shenanigans this track indulges in. Shining moment of the track goes to both Arlo's vocal delivery, of course. Objectively, I think these are some of Arlo's best lyrics, but also the arrangement of the keys, drums, and guitar passages, which make for one of the best songs on the record for sure. Which takes us to the penultimate track, Bluish. Speaking of relatability, this song is about feeling claustrophobic in a friendship, being squeezed so hard that you start to literally and emotionally go blue. This also gives us a reason as to why the mixing in this song is peculiar, being one of the most in-your-face songs instrumentally. The blinking synths, the lazing bass notes, and the crackling of vinyl combined with Arlo's soft-spoken word choruses become almost claustrophobic, assisting the theme of the song, which Arlo wanted to do specifically. In context with the album, as this is, again, the penultimate song, this really ends up testing the relationship built between practitioner and participant. It's almost a trucks... Oh my god. Almost a trust exercise. The deeper that Arlo digs into herself, she is sonically asking her audience to join her in this vulnerability, which takes us to the final track, Porter 400. I don't know what a porter is. I don't know what 400 means. However, it, it, it's, a cool, it's, a, it's a cool ending song, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Final vignette for the album to graciously leave us with. Arlo is literally giving us a rolling credit sequence here, something that she wanted to feel like a coming-of-age film. Breakfast Club style, baby! In her words, quote, euphoric, but capturing the bittersweet sentiment of the record. Something the refrain of this song captures perfectly with the lines, with you, I'm always making rainbows out of something painful. Other than the opener, this is the quickest track on the record at just under three minutes, with high-end piano sequences and quick-paced drums to lead the album on the lightest note possible while recapping the album's themes of self-realization during an honestly very traumatic year. If you have any closing thoughts, I just thought that this was the nicest album that I've heard all year. There are a couple albums that I know that might be nicer. However, this is, this, is, this is probably the one for me. I think it's great, and it's solidified Arlo, thankfully, as a voice to watch out for. If this is how she can hit on her debut, very much with the, you know, Black Country New Road effect, then I'm excited to hear what yeah. she has next. Arlo Parks, Collapsed in Sunbeams, and check it out, my lovelies. Yay! There we go. Review over. Done. Done. Cool. Wow. Brilliant. Thank you. Well how, how are you feeling? Despite... <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh that might be the most you've struggled to get through a uh a review might be the most i cut out during a review so your comment there makes no sense jess <laughs> no no True. 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 Yeah, yeah yeah it's nice <laughs> it's charming reminds it reminds you that i'm human guys i'm just a human boy we all make mistakes oh. guys God. Yeah, some of them just make more than others <laughs> yeah awesome <laughs> Oh, I realized that during the structure of the show bit earlier, we didn't mention one crucial bit of this show which we're about to perform for you. Jasper, would you like to talk about Song of the Week? Yeah, so um, Song of the Week. 
is when we pick a song that came out in the last week, maybe two weeks, you know, and oh, um, we <laughs> or, or two months, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and yeah, and we uh, talk about the songs. Um, we rate them. Well, we don't rate them, but we rate them. And we uh, recommend them to you, the lovely people listening, because you will listen to them when we tell you. Yes. Can they listen to them, Jasper? Oh, well, let me tell you. Uh, we have a Spotify playlist. Go and listen to it there. It's in my Instagram bio, Tom Flits Quietly. Music is Elijah's is the name of the playlist. Uh, and you can find all the songs that we talk about. Go on. It's easy. It's Come, easy. On. Come on. Come on. Jasper, do you want to hit us with the jingle? Sure. Okay. <laughs> hey what's that song you heard this week oh i'll tell you all about it on song of the week oh wait well how was it how did it go i'll tell you about it now if you shut up and let me go song of the week uh, <laughs> i hate how those are all done in one take i am hey. nothing i am nothing without my guitar i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I wish that Craig, uh, the idiot robot, Craig. could pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> Sake. Anyway. Or on Craig. Here we go. Song of the week. Let's talk about some yeah. songs we have this week. Jasper, I'd like for you to start. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, for my song of the week, I have gone with. It's. It's Aurora. Do you know Aurora, Tom? I do. I do indeed. So my song of the week comes from Norwegian singer-songwriter Aurora, who has graced Earth with her heavenly voice and unique instrumentals for years now. Her new EP, Stories, is uh, which was released, I think, two weeks ago or maybe a week ago. I don't know. It's also not a song. It's an EP. Um, <laughs> so this EP is, is, is quite downplayed and somber compared to her previous work. I particularly like, uh, the song Murder Song 54321 Acoustic. Uh, it's an acoustic version. Uh, moving away from those electronic elements, we can appreciate Aurora. This Earth? Elf or something. No, she's like an elf. She's like a, like an, like an elf princess, you know? She's like, her, her vocals are so immaculate and incredible. Check out that EP indeed. That is uh, uh, the new EP Stories by Aurora. Jasper's song being Murder Song, 54321, Acoustic. Yeah, cool. Right, uh, I guess it's time for my song of the week then, isn't it? Well, here it is. Ah, it is Icy Violence by Sad Night Dynamite. Icy is in cold, not like I can see... Yeah, whatever. So uh, this is a British electronic pop duo, and they've just released a new self-titled album full of dark, glitchy, and hypnotic electropop. Uh, this band sound a bit too much like Gorillaz for me in certain sections. That's one flaw. Uh, because, um, you know, like during the spoken word passages especially, you'd be a fool to think you weren't listening to Damon Albarn talking about plastic or something. Uh, I don't really know. With that said, however, I found the track Icy Violence to be thoroughly enjoyable. From the glitch-ridden beats, the psychedelic aesthetics, that sound like I'm in a very twisted wonderland of some sort, something that fans of Zeelanada and potentially Brockhampton might get a cheeky kick out of. If not for the glitchy appeal then, Jasper, maybe you will be enticed by the out-of-nowhere folk guitar passage that comes from the second half of the track. 
It's weird, it's wonderful, it's an odd little peculiar gem, and I like it quite a lot. Icy Violence by Sad Night Ooh. Dynamite. Very Check good. Very good. Very good. Outro, baby. That was Song of the Week. I didn't. I definitely bothered. You're taking the. Okay. <laughs> very fair. Very fair. Okay. Sure. <laughs> oh, damn. Ugh. Well. Well. Appear to have reached the classic section of the review. Ooh, classic. Ooh, yeah. So I'm. I've got no idea what you're going to be doing this week. Sometimes I have like an inkling. Sometimes I spy on you on Spotify and I find out that way. I have well, done that a couple had, of times. If you had been doing that last night or this morning then you would have seen what i was doing that's that's how i knew you were doing arlo parks because i saw you listening <gasps> yesterday <laughs> oh, <laughs> you tease <laughs> well okay drum roll please <laughs> brilliant so, uh, for my album this week, I am going with uh, oh, oh, Frank Turner, England Keep My Bones. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Are you are you familiar with Frank Turner, Tom? I have heard the odd Frank Turner song. I've never listened to a full album, but this could be... <gasps> this, is a, this is a game changer. So... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Brother! Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to be Scott Stokes for you this time. So, oh, I hate that guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frank Turner, England Keep My Bones. This is kind of a personal thing for me. I didn't choose this album because of its, you know, musical merit, great songwriting or legacy, uh, like I choose other albums to review, although it does have all of those things. I chose this album because it is my favorite album from arguably my favorite artist of all time frank turner british singer songwriter and folk mainstayer frank turner has been in the industry a very very long time his first band upon moving to london was the hardcore punk outfit million dead who he joined in 2001 after releasing two albums with them the band split up due to uh musical differences but, oh well, you know, hard, hardcore punk's loss was folk's gain. Over the next few years, Turner started writing punk folk and protest songs, gigging as much as he could all throughout the UK, but mainly in London. And during this time, he didn't really have anywhere to live, so he used to stay at friends' houses, he used to live on sofas. At the end of gigs, he used to ask the crowd if he could have somewhere to stay the night. That's how low his sort of life was at that point. However, in 2006... Frank released his debut EP, Campfire Punk Rock, on Extra Mile Recordings, the label that he has been with ever since. Over the next few years, Turner released his debut full-length al album, Sleepers for the Week, in 2007. And whilst touring this album, he gained a loyal fan base, which was starting to grow and grow and grow. With his next release, Love, Ire and Song, he saw some commercial success, with the album being praised for its distinctive songwriting and true-to-its-roots style. Then he released his third album, Poetry of the Deed, in 2008, uh, for which he toured extensively through Europe, America, and Australia. And it was on this tour that he began writing for his fourth studio album, England, Keep My Bones, Please. But not with the please. <laughs> please. 
I just I I, I did that one. So the whole point of this album was basically Frank wanting to explore his roots, this idea of Englishness. Now, what that means, what it's it's about what what English identity is. He he explores these themes with a twelve-track journey through the heart of the country. He analyzes the landscape, the fields, the trees, the mountains, the beating soul of this country. We also dive into the history of England with Turner making references to art and literature. Even the name of the album, England, Keep My Bones, comes from Shakespeare's play, The Life and Death of King John. We all love Shakespeare, don't we? <laughs> this album... Yeah, well, well, no, I do. This album is as English as... Name, name something English, Tom. Um, chips and Fish. Yes, yes. It's as English as chips and fish, which is a weird way to say it, but uh, usually people say fish and out. chips. I don't understand. No. Um, no. <laughs> now, when I say this album is about Englishness, it's as like you were saying about the EDL, you know, th this is not some like far right UKIP EDL rant about whiteness or hatred of other countries. This album is about remembering where you've come from, what the world around you looks like, and how history has shaped the country. It's a very, very proud album. The album is this this album is is like sitting on the banks of a river on a hot day with a cider. It's like picking blackberries <laughs> picking blackberries in the autumn sunset. It is quintessentially English and proud. But the album is not all happy, sort of positive. It also tackles themes like death. Legacy and Burial, which I'll get onto later in the track for track. In terms of musicality, Frank fully utilizes his band, The Sleeping Souls, on this album. There is a, a wide range of instrumentation to unfurl here, but everything is organic. Everything sounds like it comes straight out of the English soil. The church organs, the fiddle, the stomping drums, the beautiful plucked guitars, and of course, Frank's sin singing, which both brings a warmth to the song and is also fueled by that same punk attitude that started his career. <laughs> and the idea of death starts with the first track, the intro track, Eulogy. You know what a eulogy is, Tom? Um, uh, it's like a. It's what am I talking about? It's when it's when you die. Yeah. So kind of. Yeah. Well, it's 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 what is said about you in at a funeral, basically. What would you say about me at my funeral? I would say. Um, oh gosh. Oh. Hmm. Good. What's no. Not. Not good. <laughs> Not that strong, but like something, something like that, you know, something nice. Okay. Sentence. Yeah, <laughs> something. Yeah. Um. So, eulogy is an intro track. This is basically this is Frank basically saying that he what he wants his eulogy to be. The first thing we hear are these very somber sounding horns. They sound like French horns to me. Uh, they play this kind of funeral like passage, which evokes a traditional aesthetic. Um, are you familiar with the um, 1973 Hovis advert? <laughs> Tom? Thoughts? 
Um, <laughs> sorry, you really hit me out of the blue there. What? No, right. no, I'm not okay. familiar. Okay, with okay, that. okay. So in 1973, there was a uh, there was this advert for Hovis, right? Which was directed by Ridley Scott. Okay. What? Yeah, yeah. It was voted Britain's best advert of all time in a survey. Anyway, that uses a piece of music called New World Symphony, which was recorded by the Ashington Colliery Brass Band for the advert. This horn passage sounds incredibly like that piece of music. So straight away, we hear this nostalgia of Englishness. The horn passage quickly gives way to huge drum crashes, drum rolls, and heavy distorted guitar, with Frank singing over the top his idea of a eulogy. He sings, Not everyone grows up to be an astronaut. Not everyone was born to be a king. Not everyone can be Freddie Mercury, but everyone can raise their glass and sing. Well, I haven't always been a perfect person, and I haven't done what mum and dad had dreamed. But on the day I die, I'll say at least I fucking tried. And that's the only eulogy I need. <gasps> Whoa. So th this idea of being great, about greatness, comes up throughout this album. But what, what we first get is this resolve to, to try your best. You know, you don't have to be great. You just have to try and be good, which is also a very English thing. You know... Uh, have you ever have you ever heard that thing about the difference between American and British comedy? Um, no, I have not. So, um, American comedy is always full of optimism, right? They and like the, the whole American dream thing is that you can be whatever you want to be. But in in Britain, there's this like resolve, there's this like underdog mentality that yeah, you can't really be what you want to be, but just try your best, and and you'll be all right. I don't know. So. That's, that's sort of what Frank is saying here. So, Eulogy opens up the album in this very, very grand way. We hear these big, brash instrumentations right from the get-go. On one last crash, the music ends, and we go straight into the next track, Peggy Sang the Blues, which starts with this very groovy bass line, which dominates the mix and drives the song forward. It's a very danceable song um, about background, essentially. Frank tells the story of this unknown Peggy who visits him in a dream and essentially tells JPEG him... Mafia. What? Didn't know JPEG Mafia was working with... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's a JPEG Mafia um, nickname joke for you. Um... That's very silly. So this character, Peggy, <laughs> visits him in this dream and essentially tells him this life lesson. That being the lyrics on the chorus. It doesn't matter where you come from, it matters where you go. No one gets remembered for the things they didn't do. Huh? Huh? So essentially, the song is about looking forward to the future, not lingering in the past. And after the eulogy of death, we almost get this rebirth, a new dawn in the form of looking forward with that mantra. It doesn't matter where you come from. It matters where you go. Just a side note here. Frank Turner actually had a very, very good start in life. He went to Eton. He, was, he had very, very wealthy parents. Um, and then he went to the London School of Economics. And he sort of addresses this in the middle eight. And you can say I had a good start. And you could say that I had class. And you could say that I was born beneath a ceiling made of glass. But I always kept an open house. And yeah, I always did right by my friends. And when it comes to St. Peter's Gate, I told the people, remember who needs to make amends. In terms of instrumentation, 
the song doesn't really stray from its roots. We hear lovely piano, counter melodies through the mix, but it's really the bass line that makes it. The outro chorus is where all the instruments come together to make this very, very danceable closer to the song, with Turner repeating the line, And I drifted off, well Peggy sang the blues. And I drifted off, and Peggy sang the blues. It's nice. I like the track quite a lot. You deserve mm. to. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Next comes the song, I Still Believe. This upbeat anthem centers around this idea that rock and roll will save us all. The song is basically a plea. It's a plea to the masses. Frank starts with the line, Hear ye, hear ye, friends and Romans, countrymen. He's inviting us to listen to this sermon, again with the immortal words of Shakespeare from Julius Caesar. The catchy chorus of the song is a nostalgic look on music. He sings, now who'd have thought that after all, something as simple as rock and roll would save us all. Now who'd have thought that after all, it was rock and roll. The main bit of interest in the song comes towards the end, where that chorus gives way to this very pleasing anthem-like call and response between Frank and a crowd of people. So he'll go, I still believe, I still believe. That's, that's how it works. Obviously, I couldn't do both voices. Yeah. yeah, you can. You do two characters for the Song of the Week thing all the time. That's a good you point. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that is good. Multi-roller. <laughs> Here, Frank harks back to musical icons, describing them in this religious way. He goes, and I still believe in the saints. Yeah, in Jerry Lee and in Johnny and all the greats, referencing Jerry Lee Lewis and Johnny Cash here. He goes on to talk about the power of music. And I still believe in the sound that has the power to raise a temple and tear it down. And I still believe in the need for guitars and drums and desperate poetry. And I still believe that everyone can find a song for every time they've lost and every time they've won. So just remember, folks, we're not just saving lives, we're saving souls and we're having fun. The song then goes into this sort of Dylan-esque harmonica solo and the whole thing just plays out like a folk banger. It's a song about the joy of music and about what music can achieve. Music can save souls. At the end of the day, something as simple as rock and roll could save us all. <laughs> then, we have the, then we have the track Rivers. This song, uh, sonically, is, is basically a direct contrast with the one before. The upbeat drums and distorted guitars are gone, and this track is pu pure acoustic. We hear this delightful guitar passage. I think Frank uses uh, drop D tuning for this song with a capo on like five or something. So the whole thing sounds very clean and lovely. Although there's no other instrumentation here, the guitar does drive the song forward in this quite pulsing riff, which meanders and turns like a river. <laughs> Ooh. Now, remember what I said in the uh, intro about how, how he sings about the landscape? There's this... There's this there's this grounded look at England. Well, here Frank talks about the geography, about the rivers that run through the whole country and about what secrets they hold. Our history runs down our rivers, down our rivers to the sea, reminds us of the things that matter, home and heart and history. And all our sins will be forgiven, washed away to set us free by the rivers that run through our homesteads by myth and modal melody. This is an idea steeped in myth and mystery, all of these rivers connecting, eventually going out to the sea. But more than that, the song is about remembering that this country is, is a country, is an island, essentially. 
the chorus line. I trace these rivers from the cities to the sea to remind me what I already know. I trace the shoreline through a thousand histories to remind me an island is my home. An island is my home. That's the chorus. The song is as flowing and babbling as one of the rivers he describes. At one point, the singing gives way to this lovely violin solo, or a oh, fiddle, I guess, which evokes so much traditional folk music and, again, creates this nostalgic feel. Really, the song is about home and discovering where you should belong. And Frank uses these rivers to describe that. Although I've seen a thousand rivers from the Mississippi to the Rhine, the only place that I'll lay my hat down is by an English riverside. It's a lovely track. One of the true delights of the album. And so simple, which with such a sort of simple message. But it's very, very uplifting and happy. In the next song... I have one qualm. Oh, yeah. What's up? Um, that's not entirely true because the river in uh, my hometown of Camelford, called the River Camel, there are mm -hmm. no camels, by the way. Stop asking. I've literally been asked that so many times. Of course not. Of course not. Um, my river is filled with of history is other people's urine. Do you care to analyze that? Well, interesting. Um, I mean, that's still part of it, you know? That is yeah, still part of it. It's, yeah, it's history. <laughs> Actually, there's a song. It's history! Sorry. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. There is a song later on that talks about, like, rivers in a, in a darker way. Oh, I, I, there is a song that talks about urine. Urine in rivers. <laughs> You're in big trouble now. Oh, very good. Fuck's sake. Okay. Right. Continue, sir. Yeah. So, that song, Rivers, very, very happy. This song uh, takes a little change of tone. This song is called I Am oh. Disappeared. Oh. English? What? Makes sense. I am disappeared. I am disappeared. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. So we get this change of tone. Firstly, we hear feedback from guitar. Not. Come on, feedback. You you know what feedback is. So, the, the guitar's not going. Oh, that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the kind of feedback we're talking about here. All right, everyone. <laughs> Keep up, lads. Keep up. Come on, feedback. You know what feedback is. Great moron. Feedback. Feed. If you don't know what feedback is, feedback is essentially... <laughs> uh, so, feedback, in terms of guitars, is when uh, you have... Is when you're, you're not... It's uh, mainly found in electric guitars. It's when you're not playing, but the, the pickups are still making noise. That's feedback. And it's like a... It's like a slow, sort of droney sort of sound. For those of you who aren't musicians. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Back onto it. So we, so we get this feedback from guitar, which gives way to this pulsing acoustic guitar strum, which sounds passionate and angry. When Frank's vocals come in, they are seemingly passionate. Frank sings about the future, but also about the past. He's having a sort of existential crisis here based around the idea of dreams. I keep having dreams of pioneers and pirate ships and Bob Dylan, of people wrapped up tight in the things that will kill them, of being trapped in a lift plunging straight to the bottom, of open seas and ways of life we've forgotten. I keep having dreams. Again, we get these harks back to nostalgia. Bob Dylan, for example, who is a great influence on Turner's songwriting. 
There are certain nods to Dylan's work throughout the album, especially on this song. We get allusions to uh, the song A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, a song about grief and feeling low. In Frank's song, that grief turns into an escapism. He starts telling the story of Amy, who wakes up screaming in the middle of the night, terrified of her own insides. She's having these dark nightmares, which stay with her always. In the chorus of the song, Frank suggests an escape. And on the worst days, when it feels like life weighs 10,000 tons, she's got her cowboy boots and car keys on the bedstand so she can always run. She could get up, shower, and in half an hour, she'd be gone. By that point, the band have come in at full, po- full tilt. Progressive, pounding drums, palm-muted guitar lines, and somber piano. And when Frank finally talks about leaving home, about escaping, the song erupts into a fabulous outro section where Frank describes these rivers of tarmac roads, where all these people are escaping in cars. He compares the people in the cars to blood cells moving through the veins of the country, the sleeping soul of the country. And just a side note, this is where Frank's backing band, The Sleeping Souls, get their name from, from this lyric. And that was I'm, I Am Disappeared. The next track, <laughs> this, this is a funny one. The next track is an unaccompanied history lesson from Frank. No instrumentation at all, just him, just his voice. He tells the story of the New Forest and the ancient hunting grounds that King William rode out in all those years ago. He, uh, he recounts the tale of a farmer called John, an honest old man, whose land was taken by William. William's son later dies because of this so-called curse, which Frank refrains. But if you steal the land of an Englishman, you will know this curse. Your firstborn son's warm blood will run upon the English earth. Frank delivers this story with anger. There's a, there's a punk quality to his voice, which there always is, but without the instruments, it sounds even better. I mean, essentially the song is an interlude, but I really like this one, to be honest. The history and mystery of it are really cool, and I love how it's delivered. And this punk feel doesn't leave us with the next song, One Foot Before the Other. This song is all about death and what to do with the remains of those who have died. Now, I've got some lyrics. This is, this is, a, this is a much darker track. Um, so, the verse goes like this. On the very day I die, the very last of my desires is that you take my broken body and commit it to the fire. And then when the fire is finished, scrape the ashes in a tin, take them down to London's drinking reservoirs and throw them in. Jesus. Yeah. And then specks infinitesimal of my mortal remains will slide down seven million throats and into seven million veins, and I will creep through their capillaries to the marrow of their bones, and they will wake to bright new mornings, and then wordlessly they'll know that I remain. Holy hell! So the song. Okay. The song. The song is about legacy more than anything. I don't think that Frank actually wants everyone in London to taste him. That's strange. Um. The The song is more about what we leave behind when we die, our remains. Frank explores this in a very dark way, though, spreading his body throughout the world via these same rivers that he talked about so lovingly earlier. The The instrumentation is seemingly dark. We get scratchy guitars, tight punk drumming, and rocking bass lines. The band join in on the line, I remain, which helps to further his point. Frank goes on to talk about this domination that his deceased body will have on the world. 
So these seven million innocents, they will have me in their blood. And when they die, they'll burn their bodies or be buried in the mud. And I will spread through streams and rivers like a virus through a host, from the hamlets to the cities, from the rivers to the coast, and from there into the channel across the great Atlantic Ocean, and ever onwards to the new world through the water's gentle motions, until parts of me are part of every landmass, every sea, in the rain upon your crops, and in the very air you breathe, I remain. Ooh. So... I highly, I highly recommend this track because it's, it's Frank going back to his punk roots, you know, but bringing in this great songwriting and flair that he developed as a folk singer. Oh, and another side note here. If you like the sound of Frank Turner being uh, more heavy, he actually, after this album, he started a death metal band called Mongol Horde as a side project. And um, their, their stuff is just insane. <laughs> Yeah, Mongol Horde. He's got so many fingers and so many pies. He really does. He really does. He's very talented. So that was the song One Foot Before the Other. The next song brings us back somewhat into the folkiness, starting with this lovely guitar passage with Frank singing a melody over the top. Like the song I Still Believe, this track is an anthem. This time, it's about not losing your way, about sticking with your friends and family and knowing you'll be all right. It's called If Ever I Stray. And, uh, and the chorus goes, But if ever I stray from the path I follow, take me down to the English Channel, throw me in where the water is shallow, and then drag me on back to shore. Because love is free and life is cheap, and as long as I've got me a place to sleep, some clothes on my back, and some food to eat, then I can't ask for anything more. Come on, everybody, sing one, two, three, four. And on that one, two, three, four, there's a mighty crash of instruments. And the band come in once again with the theatricality and grandeur before seen in eulogy. The verses, on the other hand, are usually just Frank and his guitar, which is kind of the point of the song and sort of acts like a metaphor. When everyone comes together, the song is more effective than, just the, than when just one person is trying to do it. Basically, the ones we love will help us get through and you don't have to go it alone. That's what it's it's, it's a happy, stomping song of hope. The kind of song which just makes you feel warm and gooey and great. That's If Ever I Stray. Onwards. The next song. Wessex Boy. It's a love song written to Frank Turner's hometown of Winchester. The song is the sort of finale to the theme of roots about remembering where you're from. In this case, the city of Winchester in Wessex, which Frank describes vividly in this track. He talked about growing up there, about sitting in the cathedral grounds with his friends, about summer's nights on the banks of rivers, about missing buses and loving life. There's such positivity throughout this track, brought, brought, brought about by many things, least of all by this lovely melody from Xylophone, which goes, This, complete with the stomps and claps, creates this warmth, this community sort of feeling, this safety. In the chorus... Frank talks about how you never really leave your hometown. There's something about coming back to your hometown again, the place where you grew up in, where your family, where you found your firmest friends. And though none of them still live here, I've got nowhere to go. I'm a Wessex boy. And when I'm here, I'm home. This is a great song. It's, it's an ode to the places we love, where we grew up. And I guess it also encourages us to look, look at back at where we grew up, to not forget the times, the... That, that shape us, the, the memories that make us. The outro of this song is very beautiful. We hear that same melody again being sung this time by a lot of people. This ba 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 ba. 
ba ba ba, which again brings this this uh, community sort of feel. That was Wessex Boy. We have three more tracks to cover, but the two tracks after Wessex Boy, Nights Become Days, and Redemption, rub me the wrong way, Tom Wiles. Oh, God. All right. So, <laughs> Nights Become Days is this gentle folk ballad about nothing in particular. It features Boring. some nice it features some nice guitar plucky pluckies, but the the lyrics are somewhat lackluster. The only real thing that the song does is provide another interlude, but it, it does just feel like a filler track to be honest. Yeah. And then the track and then the track Redemption, which is better. It's it's another upbeat sort of melancholic uh, track where frank talks about love is love really real and can everyone anyone ask for redemption this song does nothing that we haven't heard from turner already in this album yes it has some nice instrumental sections but really the track isn't saying anything and i don't know why frank is talking about love just stick to the love of your country rather than that's the whole point of the album than than love of some unknown person. So those two Frank, tracks are... Yeah. Frank Turner, more like Frank yeah. Burn Your Love Songs. Brilliant. No, I mean, I mean, he does have some amazing love songs in other albums, but this one yeah. just feels a bit stale. So those two tracks are similar in the fact that they're boring. Luckily, though, the album finishes with an absolute banger in the form of the final track, Glory Hallelujah. Now, I know what you might be thinking. That sounds, sounds a little religious. It sounds a little religious. You may also think that, given that the track starts with church organ, straight out of Sunday service, hello, where's the bread and wine? And you... <laughs> and you'd be a right. <laughs> that damn hopeless. Amen, am I right? Um... Oh. And you'd be right to think that it's about religion, because it is. But, and I'm sorry to say uh, this to anyone who's listening who is religious and believes in God. I I don't want to offend anyone. It's all good. Respect, of course. But Frank Turner definitely doesn't believe in God. So much so that he's turned an essentially gospel-sounding song into an anti-religion ditty. So he sings, Brothers and sisters, have you heard the news? The storm has lifted and there's nothing to lose. So swap your confirmation for your dancing shoes because there never was no God. Step out of the darkness and onto the streets. Forget about the fiat fast. Let's have a carnival feast. Raise your lowered head and hear the liberation beat because there never was no God. And then the chorus, which seems to mimic traditional church gospel. Uh, We hear these lovely choir voices join Frank as he sings, There is no God. So clap your hands together. There is no God, no heaven and no hell. There is no God. We're all in this together. There is no God. So ring that victory bell. So it's a pretty on the nose dig at the church. It it doesn't it doesn't seem to hide its hatred (laughs) and but does so in this like really juxtaposing way because the song actually sounds really fun and positive. It's, it's a very catchy song. Uh, Frank goes on to talk about the idea of uh, indoctrination 
overbearing priests and the fact that uh, Frank grew up as Catholic. He, he says that he's prayed in the past to no avail and now just wants to preach that in his mind there is no God. The song, the song might be one of my favorites on the album just for the sheer gall of Frank for making <laughs> it. Here, here, here we have an album about Englishness and tradition and a huge part of Englishness is religion and the Church of England especially. But Frank puts his middle finger up on uh, at this on the last song of the album in that typical wit and comedic style that english people are also known for and and to finish off this review i'll leave you uh, with this england keep my bones is as satirical as it is proud it sees the faults in the country it's not it's not about undying love for england it's about an appreciation of this great nation and remembrance that it wasn't always so bad and it may not always be so bad england keep my bones frank turner done can you hear me clapping thank you thank you yes i can hear that that's very nice hey ah well done well done cool cool review lots to think about will i listen to it probably please very, very, very interesting, actually. Um, especially the idea of um, British identity is something that, um, for me specifically, does ring a couple of bells, be those alarm bells or whatever. Um, mm. You know, because, again, uh, very well documented that I'm a, a Cornish lad, even more well documented that I don't really enjoy that quite a lot. Um, mm. you, you know, it, um, I think this album may potentially be a challenge to some of the more radical, in some respects, views that I potentially holster. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm. Excited. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Hmm? Uh, gosh. I don't oh, know. What happens now? <laughs> um, I think we go. We yeah, go I home. guess so. I think so. Well, um, let's make, like, a lamp and plug into something. You got any pluggables? That was a very bad metaphor. Do you have any pluggables, please? Uh, any pluggy plugs? Um... Pluggy plugs. Train. I would oh, like... Train. <laughs> Actually, I don't have much to plug this week. I haven't done that much. What about you? Oh, well, I mean, let's... Okay, we'll plug our Instagram. Uh, yeah. Music is our lives with underscores in them. Uh, that's always fun. <laughs> Go also check out Tom Floats quietly on Instagram to uh, just see his feed and also uh, get the playlist on Spotify, which will put up all the songs featured today. Jasper Price uh, Instagram, it's popping off at the moment. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing some great stuff over there. Um, yeah. yeah, they're really, really they're fun. on the motive. We're, <laughs> we're keeping it fresh yeah it's 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 good oh stuff yeah. do i have anything to plug now that's all i was going to do as well i've, I've yeah. done nothing i just plugged nothing. you i plugged you so. i know God, you introduce this is is this how it feels whenever i introduce you at the start of the um yes the podcast? yes You're like, well i've got nothing to do now nothing to say nothing to say yeah. uh, um i hope that you got a little bit of catharsis out of me letting you do it earlier yeah, it's really nice, actually. Well, you know exactly what to 
do next, don't you, Jasper? Do you? Do I? Yeah. It's time for an outro. Are you ready? Ah, yeah. So here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. Music is our lives. Music is our lives. Music, Music is our life. Bye. 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 See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you then. Yeah. 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 Bye. Bye.